Merry Christmas. It's good to be here. Praise God. We thank God for this morning. Last night, some of you were here, right? Yeah. And uh, some of you were not. I won't ask who. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good to see so many of you, especially as you come as families. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great thing uh, to come and worship the Lord on the Christmas morning. I, I want to just take this opportunity to thank your pastor, Pastor Shen, for inviting me right, and giving me a comfortable stay right, and uh, for all the hospitality shown, non-stop eating. Uh, I wish I can stay on for another two more days and eat. Uh, but Daniel told me, no lunch for me. Uh, okay. Although I did come for a free lunch, Jane. Uh, okay, but uh, Daniel said no lunch. He has to send me off. <laughs> okay. But thank you for all the hospitality shown to us. It's such a great joy for me to be able to see uh, all of you. Some of you I recognize, some of you I don't recognize. Some of you, your children, I don't recognize, but I know who the parents are. Just looking at their faces, I know whose uh, son or whose daughter is who. And uh, there's one very cheeky one that I met last night. Okay? And there's another one who made me sing throughout the journey here. Uh, I rehearsed all the Christmas carols that I know and went on all the way to Easter uh, hymns as well. <laughs> right? I won't mention the name, <laughs> okay? But it was such a joy. You, you, we, we said the Christmas prayer this morning, yeah? And it's such a lovely prayer. And then we, um, we, we saw the children make a presentation this morning. In all of that, and also in the in, in, the, in the songs and hymns of worship this morning, we have already heard the Christmas message, right? No? The whole message is clear to you? Yes or no? I know I haven't preached, but so far the message, all clear, right? Yeah, Christ was born for us. Okay, so I'm just thinking of just singing a song and sending you all back home. No need to preach a sermon. The sermon is done already. Can not, brother? Can I? Yeah. He's all happy because he also wants to go off. <laughs> okay, but I'm afraid you may not invite me again if I don't preach. All right? Let me do my best. Come, let's pray. Father, we want to give you praise and thanks for this Christmas morning. Such a joy, such a privilege to be able to worship you in this sanctuary. Lord, we want to remember those who cannot be with us this morning. We pray that your presence will be so real to them as much as your presence is real to us. And we pray this morning as we turn to your word, gracious God, we may hear you speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
So last night we looked at Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. I pointed out to you that the angel announced that the Savior will be called Jesus. His name is Jesus, for he will save the people from all their sins. That's the primary task of the Savior coming down to earth, to save us from our sins. And I also pointed out to you the name Jesus originally in Greek is Come on, those of you who were here last night. Ah, uh, yeah. Originally in Greek, the name Jesus is Jesus. It, it sounds like in, in Malay, Jesus, right? Yeah, so it's, it's quite easy to remember. In Hebrew, Yeshua, right? Well, but whether it is Greek, Hebrew, English, whatever, it... Jesus means God is salvation. God has come to save us. So, and, and, and this Jesus is not a God who is far from us. He's a God who is near to us. More than that, He is a God who is with us. So God is with you, with me. And then in verse 23, the verse that was read to us, this is a verse that originally is found, word for word, it is found in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was speaking in, in a certain context, in the context of war, in the context of threat, in the context of even unbelief on the part of King Ahaz. Isaiah comes and speaks to him and says, a sign will be given to you, and that will be a sign of... <coughs> Emmanuel, God with us. How much Ahaz understood that is totally a different story altogether. Right? But his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. And like I pointed out to you last night, the Hebrew word Emmanuel, Im is with, Anu, us, El, God. With us, God, or God with us. Ahaz could not understand that. King Ahaz, in the, in the Old Testament, he couldn't even bring himself to believe in that. But the point is this, 730 years before even the birth of Jesus, Isaiah the prophet prophesied. 730 years before, Isaiah prophesied the coming of the Savior. His name will be Emmanuel, God with us. So Emmanuel is actually a name, or if you like, maybe it's a description, a, a, a title, okay. Emmanuel. God makes his presence available to us. God's presence is with his people. You see, when God dwells with us, when God dwells with his people, God's blessings comes upon us in a very immense manner, in a very great manner. And as if his name, Emmanuel, is not enough, Jesus, just before ascending to heaven, after his resurrection, just before ascending to heaven, Jesus said, I will be with you to the ends of ages. You remember? 
This is a passage your pastor will preach from. He, he told us yesterday morning that he has, uh, he's intentionally leaving this verse out because he will pick it up on 31st December. So don't forget to come. Right? Don't worry. Come, yeah? I, I won't be here. Don't worry. You just come. Right? Your pastor is preaching. Right? God is with us till the end of the age. No matter what we go through in life, whatever it is, God will be with us. Amen? He's God with us in life's joys, in life's pains, in life's difficulties, in life's challenges. Jesus is able to bind the brokenhearted, to set us free from all the oppressions that we face in life. And, and draw us closer to himself. He's able to give us new strength, heal us, um, heal our damaged lives. You know, all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, show to us how God came and interacted with the people, how Jesus interacted with the people. Many of them who were outcasts, Jesus reached out to them. He made a difference in the lives of the people. And, and, and that's the thing about Emmanuel, you see. He's with us, and therefore, he makes a difference in our lives. Our lives cannot be the same as a result of God being with us. Our lives just cannot be the same. You look at the Gospels. There was this leper. Jesus touched him, healed him. He, he was diseased, right? Leper. Nobody will touch him. Nobody will go near him. Cast off by society. You know, some of us, we are like that. Some of us in the church, we just come, we just go. We have no interaction with others. We are not lepers, but we just come and go. We don't want to interact with people. And, 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 and as a result, sometimes we find that people don't want to interact with us also. You see, it, it has to work both ways, right? I interact with you, you interact with me. But, although this leper was shunned by everyone, the Gospels very clearly say to us, Jesus touched him. Nobody would touch a leper. But Jesus touched him, made a difference in his life. There was this demon-possessed man, tormented, naked, uh, living among tombstones and all that. That's not somebody that we, we, any one of us will reach out to. But Jesus reached out to him. Yeah. Jesus reached out, ministered to him. Right. Then there was the woman caught in adultery. She lived in shame. Right. Caught by the people around her, cast away by the society. What did Jesus do? To this woman who lived in shame, caught in adultery, what did Jesus do? Uh, yeah, I think we should serve lunch first, then only preach the sermon. <laughs> what did Jesus do? Come on, you know the Gospels, you know. What did Jesus do, or what did Jesus say? Go and celebrate Christmas in Trinity Church. Is that what he said? No, he said, go and sin no more, and that made a whole lot of difference to her life. Then there was this woman with a bleeding problem. Unclean, in pain. But Jesus had compassion upon her. You know, this woman having bleeding problem, 
sexually she cannot touch her husband because she is unclean. Relationally, she cannot touch her children because she is unclean, assuming she had children. Domestically, she cannot touch anything in the house. All the utensils cannot because she is unclean. Religiously, she cannot go to the temple because she is unclean. With faith, she came to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. What did Jesus say to her? Daughter, your faith has healed you. You go back, you check all the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus never referred to anybody, at least in the, in the written account, Jesus did not refer to anybody as daughter, except this one woman. who was so much in need of a relationship. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, healed her and called her daughter. You know, the greatest gift God gives to us is that you and I, we are called sons and daughters of God. In, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, the gospel writer says to us, to those who believed, to, to those who called upon his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, sons and daughters of God. To those who believed, to those who had faith in Jesus, he called them, he gave them the right, he gave them the right to become. So it's not us running around trying to say that I, I'm a child of God, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter. It is Jesus who has given us the right to be called sons and daughters. One of the stories that I like so much is this story about that great Russian author, Leo Tolstoy. You see, one day Tolstoy was walking along a certain street. At a distance, he saw a beggar. And in his mind, he decided that he wants to give something to bless this beggar. And as he was walking, it said that he put his hand into one of the pockets to see if he has anything that he could offer. Nothing. He put his hand into another pocket. Also, nothing. He's a poor, poor writer, poor author. A great author, but poor monetarily. Right? So by the time he reached the, the, the beggar, of course, on the part of the beggar, there is an expectation, this guy is going to give me something. It seemed Leo Tolstoy just stopped, looked at this person in front of him and said, I am sorry, my brother. I have nothing to give to you. It seemed the beggar in reply said, You have given me so much. You called me brother. Think about that. You know, most of us will not even make eye connection yeah, we, we, with a beggar. We, we will want to pass by a beggar as quickly as 
possible, correct? Most of us. I'm sorry, my brother. I have nothing to give to you. God has given us the right to be called children of God. And that's the difference God makes in our lives. Imagine that woman who has that bleeding problem. When Jesus called her daughter, the difference it would have made in her life. And God has given us so much more, so much more than we could ask for. He has called us sons, daughters. Immediately a sense of belonging, belonging to God. He's with us and he makes that kind of a difference in our lives. And so we who have experienced Emmanuel must help others know this Emmanuel. You know, too often, the church is too inward-looking. I speak very generally, yeah, but I'm afraid it may apply to you as well. The church, and which means I include myself as well, we are very often very inward-looking. We are not thinking about the people outside. We are not thinking about touching lives. You see, Christmas is about God incarnate, come into our midst. But the church, we find that often is not incarnating. We are doing our own thing round and round. We are only thinking about ourselves. We don't even have time to think about others. But if it is true that God is Emmanuel and He is, then we who have received the presence of God into our lives must also bring this presence of God to others. Think about all the people who could be with us today but who are not with us. Before this day is over, what would you do to touch their lives? What would you do to bring God to people? You know, often in our minds we are always thinking about we must bring people to God. But Emmanuel is God came to us. Correct or not? Emmanuel is God came to us. He didn't wait for us to come to Him because if He waited for us to come to Him, I'm not sure when that will happen. Correct or not? Most of you will not be here. If God has waited for you to come to Him, most of you will not be here. Correct? But God came to us. God sought after us. And this God, we must bring to others. We must make known to others. People need to know that they can become sons and daughters of God. So the church must stop being inward-looking and reach out and bring Christ to the world. But that, I think, can only be done by those who have deeply in their hearts and lives experienced God, experienced Emmanuel with us. Yeah? Because if we have experienced God, we don't want to keep 
to ourselves. You know, all the gifts that you have received at Christmas, you want to keep to yourself, correct or not? How many of you want to share your gift with me this morning? You say, you better go back. <laughs> you are definitely not sharing that with me. Yeah. But the gift that all of, us can, all of us have received and can share with others is who? I didn't say what, huh? Who? The gift that we have received is Jesus. And by sharing him with others, you don't lose anything. Right? In fact, you are a blessing to others. The blessing that we have received, you know, we share that with others, the blessing of Jesus Christ himself. I want to also want to say that some of us, we have been defeated by life, possibly. Yeah. Some of us, we are born so much of pain, and we wonder if God is really with us. And so this is why we are just so bogged down with ourselves. And like the church, you know, the church is also so bogged down with itself. Because the church is also struggling with, with a whole lot of issues sometimes. Again, I, I say this generally, yeah. The, the, the church is also caught up with, with, with her own thing. You know, and we feel very, very overwhelmed. And we wonder, is God really with us? If he is Emmanuel, now of course he is, you know, but some of us in our minds, we say if he is Emmanuel, God with us, then why is it that we have not discovered him to be so? Why is it that we have not experienced God with us? Why have we not experienced the reality of Emmanuel in our lives. Brothers and sisters, the Christian life is not a life without trouble. Of course, you don't go around looking for trouble. Huh? But life already has enough trouble, no need to look for it. But the Christian life is also not a life without trouble. But the Christian life is a life where we discover God in the midst of our troubles in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pains and, and, and challenges. If it were not for the presence of God in our lives, I think we would have been totally defeated. But there is, there is hope for us because Emmanuel has given us hope. My prayer is that this Christmas we discover God with us, with us in our challenges, with us in our pains, and overcome those challenges and face those challenges squarely because we have God with us. You know, some of you may have come here with very little faith or maybe even no faith. I'm very tempted to ask you, how many of you have come here with very little faith? or no faith, but I won't ask. I'm asking, but I won't ask. Yeah. Right. But that's all right. Even if you have come with very little faith or no faith, that's all right. That's okay. But you must remember this. Emmanuel, your, Emmanuel is not little. Your faith may be little, but Emmanuel is not small. Your faith may be small, but God is great God. God is an awesome God. He's not a God who is incapable. He's not a God who is very far from us. 
I remember long ago, possibly I was 18 years old, 19 years old. Uh, I read somewhere, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, he says, when he was young, it seems he asked his mother, Mom, why is it that sometimes I feel God so far away? And I think a lot of us can relate to that question. At some points in our lives, we have had that kind of an experience. Why is God so far away? Why is it that I feel that God is so far away? It seems his mother replied, son, it is when you feel God the farthest, that is when he is the nearest. You know, on April 8, the year 1994, one electrician discovered a body of a dead person somewhere in Seattle, Washington. It appeared like this man had shot himself, okay, blown his head to pieces. And so they, he, the, this electrician, he panicked and he called the police and whoever else that need to be called. The head had gone into pieces. Cannot be recognized who it is. But after the police investigation and all that, they concluded that the victim was a very accomplished guitarist, singer by the name of Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain was born in 1967, one year younger than me. I'm not sure why I need to add that, but I just, <laughs> just, just for the record, just for the record, one year younger than me. I, I just want to know whether you all are with me or not, right? So, uh, one year younger. But anyway, it seems he had, his, his wife, it said that he had many times attempted suicide. And it seemed he was begging, the, she, she was begging the authorities and said, could you, could you come and take the shotgun away from him? Of course, nobody could do that. He was entitled to own it. And he had committed suicide, blown his head to pieces with this shotgun. And his body was discovered a few days later. Cobain was a lead singer like I said, a very gifted guitarist for a rock band called Nirvana. Right? One of his songs goes like this. I, I'm not going to sing it. It will be atrocious to sing it. You know, but this, this, just, just think about the, the, the lyrics. Yeah? It, it, it is like, it's like this. Silence. Here I am. Here I am. Silent. That is what I am. The next line is not a good line. I, there are a lot of children here. I don't want to... Uh, yeah. uh, and, and then go to jail. Die. How to write that kind of a song? But this is a well-known singer picking up such lyrics, singing, you know. And Cobain is one who refused to believe that there is a God. You see, if we live denying the existence of God because our pain is so big, how do we then experience Emmanuel with us? How then do we experience God 
with us. Not that He's not with us, but if we don't acknowledge Him, we don't then we, we don't experience Him. But when we know Christ, He makes all the difference in our lives. When we acknowledge Him, He is the hope for pardon, for peace, for life with God, to be in a right relationship with God. You know, in contrast to Kurt Cobain, there was another very accomplished musician okay, who lived several hundred years earlier before Cobain. Very accomplished musician, world-renowned musician by the name of Johann Sebastian Bach. Bach and Cobain had something in common. Both of them lost their parents, you know, although they lived several hundred years apart uh, from one another. But there's something in co common at the age of nine. Both of them lost their parents. Bach's parents died, both of them, at the age of nine, and as a result, he lost them. In the case of Cobain, his parents divorced when he was nine, and they didn't want him. The parents didn't want him. Neither parent wanted him. But in the case of Bach, when the parents died, Bach's older brother, Johann Sebastian Bach's older brother, took him in, taught him music, gave him the Bible. When Bach read the Bible, as a young boy, he realized that, yeah, life is painful. Pain is real. But God is a lot more real. And as a result, Johann Sebastian Bach came, in, came into a deep faith in God, which made all the difference in his life. Brothers and sisters, we need to acknowledge God. Not that, there is, not that there is no pain. Not that there are no struggles in the Christian life. But we need to acknowledge God in the midst of our struggles and recognize that He is God with us. When we acknowledge Him, then we experience Him in our lives. Last night I mentioned to those of you who are here, if you are an earnest seeker, I, I want to repeat that this morning. Yeah? If you are an earnest seeker, if you are in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggles, you really want to know this God, Emmanuel, I promise you, like I promised you last night, God will reveal himself to you. And God will become real in your life, provided you are an earnest seeker. Many of us, we are very careless about our attitude towards God. If he's there, let him reveal himself. If he doesn't, well, life goes on. But if you're an earnest seeker, if you say to God today, God, whoever you are, if you reveal yourself to me, I promise you, Emmanuel will come into your life. You'll experience him. 
God has not forsaken us. Brothers and sisters, God has not forsaken us. Christmas tells us that God loves us so much. The greatest gift to us is God himself. Come down to us, for us, and he is with us. God sent his own son, Emmanuel, to grant to us salvation, to bring us into a right relationship with God. And so for those of you, no matter what your challenges may be, your pain may be, I pray this morning that God will minister to you and you will experience Emmanuel. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold Peace on the earth, goodwill to all from hands all gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. And ye beneath life's crushing load whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now for glad and golden hours Come swiftly on the way. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for this great assurance that you are not a God who created us and left us to function on our own. You are not a God who created us and left us in our sins. You are not a God who is far away from us. But in your heart, in your heart, there is a longing for us, for us to come to you. In your heart, there is a longing that we should be called sons and daughters. And therefore, the greatest present you have given to us is your presence in our lives. 
I pray for my brothers and sisters here. Those who know you, those who do not know you, those who have struggles in their lives, those for whom everything is fine. I pray for them. I pray for us that we may all acknowledge Emmanuel, God with us. And the presence of God will be so real in our hearts, in our lives. Father, it is such a joy this morning, for me at least, to be able to see families come together. Some families are gathered here, three generations of them, possibly even four. I pray your blessing upon every family here and every family represented here. I pray that Emmanuel will be experienced by every family, every generation. And from generation to generation, we will speak of Emmanuel, we will share Emmanuel, we will experience Emmanuel in our lives deeply. Sometimes we are concerned for our children, for our grandchildren. We are concerned that they may not acknowledge God, they may walk away from God. I pray this morning, no matter where our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren may be, our parents, our grandparents may be, I pray they may experience Emmanuel right now. Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercies upon all of us, that you've given us this privilege, great privilege to be gathered here to worship you. But at the same time, we also want to remember for places of war, places where intense persecution are taking place, that Christians cannot gather to celebrate Christmas. We pray for them, that Emmanuel will be so real in their hearts, in their lives, as much as you are real to us here in our celebration. And we also pray for the Christmas celebration around the world, to be without any untoward incident. We pray that we may safely worship you, no matter where we are. Father, bless each and every person. Maybe we have come as families, maybe somebody here is just alone. I pray for your blessing, the same amount of blessing to descend upon every person. Those who feel loved and those who do not feel loved. Those who feel that they are surrounded by their loved ones. Those who may feel alone on a Christmas morning like this. I pray for them that your presence will envelop them, surround them, minister to them. I pray that they will leave this place very different from the one they came in. That they would experience Emmanuel, not only today on Christmas Day, but throughout their lives. 
in the name of Emmanuel. Amen.